A reading from um, 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 1 to 11. Now, I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you, as of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ had died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace towards me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Sam. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Luke chapter 5, reading from the first verse. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. 
And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so, Holy Spirit, might now speak in the name of Father, Son, and Spirit that you are glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please be seated? Probably the most encouraging thing I've heard recently was a church member who shared recently, in fact, just last Sunday evening service, that he'd heard the Lord challenge him to step out in faith and give a sum of money to the church. The Lord, he said, literally could hear his voice saying to him in an unmistakable fashion, put me to the test, give. Just as the Lord says in Malachi chapter 3, put me to the test. Well, he listened and wow, God is rewarding his step of faith. But actually, what's so exciting for me is that he heard the Lord directly for himself. This, for me, was wonderful. Because although he'd stepped out in faith before, it was in response to me challenging people in a sermon. He'd listened that previous occasion, though he found my message really difficult, offensive, he said, at the time. But he had decided to act. And God, at that time, several years ago, richly rewarded his obedience as he gave his rainy day savings, all he had at the time, to the church. As he mentioned last Sunday evening, he got a totally unexpected sevenfold return on the money. Money was not expecting a sevenfold return. But this time, though, it wasn't in response to me talking, me going on about giving, me going on about tithing, and the benefits you deprive yourselves of by not doing that. It was he himself, independent of me, hearing from God himself and acting in obedience. Result? God is turning things around in his life. And he's seeing amazing grace and favor from God because of his faithfulness to the voice of God he heard for himself. It's so exciting. So exciting. Because he's hearing from God directly himself. And that has changed and will change his future relationship with the Lord. Will build his faith even more. And if he continues to listen to God, will enable him to impact everyone around him. Because he's speaking out of the direct experience of the eternal God. Knowing the source of his hope, knowing the source of his blessings will encourage him to invite others to know this God, this Jesus too. And he won't be able to keep it to himself because he's heard 
the voice of the Lord. Not Bimbi droning on about giving. He's heard God. And God's done that miracle. And that's how I heard God the first time in my life as well. Give, he said. He has encountered God's presence in a life-transforming way. And that, of course, is my desire, my hope, my prayer for everyone here in person or watching online. Hearing God, meeting with him, knowing him is the key to walking and growing in our Christian journey through life. You've got to encounter him, the supernatural God. You've got to hear that voice. And follow him, knowing that nothing else matters but to hear the voice of God. And those of you who like Christian rock music or Christian pop music, Rick Pino, hearing the voice of God. Go home and you listen to that on YouTube. Hearing the voice of God. Encounter matters if you are going to fulfill God's call on your life. Encounter matters. And who best exemplifies this than the man whom this church is named after there in that banner, St. Paul? As he says continually in our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians 15, encounter matters. And listen again to these highlights from the um, epistle that Sam read. Paul says, the risen Jesus appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Then he appeared to James. Then he appeared to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Jesus appeared and appeared and appeared. The risen God appeared, appeared and appeared. And we all know what happened eventually. He ascended to heaven. But he appeared to so many people before he ascended, and he continued to appear after he ascended, as with St. Paul. Saul heard him, and no doubt felt his presence in that life-changing encounter on the road to Damascus. The appearance of the risen Jesus crystallized faith and trust in him, in Jesus, by those who knew him before his crucifixion, And more importantly, or most importantly, changed the whole mindset of those who met him after the crucifixion, the resurrection, the ascension, after Pentecost. Encounter matters. And that, of course, is what Jesus promised to all of us, all who were to follow him. In John 14, he says this from verse 15 in the Passion Translation. Loving me empowers you To obey my command. And I will ask the Father. And he will give you another saviour. The Holy Spirit of truth. Who will be to you. A friend. Just like me. And he will never leave you. The world cannot receive him. Because they can't see or know him. But you know him. Because he remains with you. And will live. Inside you. Brothers and sisters in Christ, God wants us to know the Holy Spirit. How do you get to know somebody? How do you get to know your spouse or your friends? Or how do you get to know new friends? It involves a two-way process, doesn't it? Listening to the person as well as speaking to them. 
Sadly, many believers, many long-life Christians settle for just speaking to God. And it's okay to pray and talk to God. But maybe we're not really expecting to hear him. Or maybe we're not giving him time to speak to us. I should know, because I was in that situation for a very long time in my Christian journey. Not really hearing him. I heard him once in 82, as I said. He said, give so much money to my then church then. Does the phrase, give so much, 200 pounds a month, 300 pounds a month, whatever it was, give it. Then five years later, I'm calling you to serve. But it took to 2000, long after I'd been ordained and priested, to properly hear him. And maybe it was because I hadn't given him the time and space properly in my head. And when I did finally hear him, it was walking on a mountain top in Switzerland by myself. On a memorable walk, which I'm sure Mathilde knows, from Schinnegerplatte to Fies. About four, five, four, five, six hour walk. And you have to get there before the last chairlift or ski lift down. Or else it's another three hours down the mountain. <laughs> I could hear God, not just in a sentence from him to me, but in an actual two-way conversation. I would speak and he would respond. And I asked the Lord, why can't I hear from you back at home? I can't afford the Swiss franc every year. <laughs> why can't I hear from you back at home? And he said, I'm there in the lowlands, but you're not still enough. It needed a complete escape to be by myself and with no distraction, even my loving family with me, for me to be still enough. And when you're walking on that, in those mountain ranges, on those mountain tops, there's nothing else, nobody else. Maybe I saw a handful of people in that whole walk. This was in the summer, but there was still snow, patches of snow on the ground. It was that high. And I could hear him clearly. It needed a freedom from the distractions of normal life for me to be still enough to hear the Holy Spirit. And of course, once you've heard and learned to tune in, thank you, God, it becomes easier with practice and time. And from time to time, we've, we've done sessions, teaching sessions, and learning to hear him. Be still. Just still yourself. Focus on Jesus. And just let the thoughts and impressions come. Never say, folk, never say, brothers and sisters in Christ, God doesn't speak to me. Never say that. He's speaking all the time to you. But it's just that you've not learned to hear him. He's speaking all the time. He tells me that. Sometimes I get up in the night and I start wanting to speak in tongues. He says, oh, I'm already here. Just still yourself. And he speaks to me. And I write. He will speak to you. Because he's already speaking to you. You've just got to learn to tune in. And what's the key to hearing the Holy Spirit? No other way but loving Jesus. Jesus reveals his mysteries to those who've fallen completely in love with him. It's a line from a song I was listening to the other day. 
Jesus reveals his mysteries to those who have fallen completely in love with him. But don't take my word for that. This is what he himself says in John 14, 23. Loving me empowers you to obey my word. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. But those who don't love me will not obey my words. So important we obey his word, the Bible, as well as what the Spirit says to us. Part of loving Jesus is accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Now, you may be here in church, you may be watching online, but maybe you've never invited him before, have you? Well, if you haven't, these are the words to say to invite him. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. Come and be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me. Sanctify me. Make me pure and whole again. Amen. If you've said those words and you're here in person, don't go away today without going up and receiving prayer ministry afterwards. The prayer ministers would love to bless what God is doing in your life by praying for you, having made that declaration and hearing God's word for you. They will listen to you. They will also pray for you to hear the Lord directly yourself. Whether you're awake, whether through dreams, whether through visions, whatever way he chooses to engage with you. Encounter matters. We see this also in our gospel reading, the famous story of the calling of Simon Peter to follow Jesus. And some of you will remember the powerful depiction of this from the series about the life of Jesus, the chosen that we used as our Lent course last year. That wonderful scene. Maybe I should have got the clip up and put it because it takes the breath away. If you haven't watched The Chosen, get the app down on your phone and watch it. Luke chapter 4, 5, the, just to recap again. Jesus, when he had finished speaking, said to Simon, put out and lay down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked all night long but have caught nothing. Yet, if you say so, I will let down the nets. And he puts the nets over and they catch so many fish that their nets were beginning to break and they have to get the other boat over to help them and both boats begin to sink. And so when Simon Peter sees it, he falls down on his knees at Jesus' knees and says, go away from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. For they were all amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. And Jesus says to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. And just like that, when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything, left their employment, and followed him. In the Passion Translation, verse 8 is more to the point. It says this, when Simon Peter saw this astonishing miracle, he knelt at Jesus' feet and begged him. Go away from me, master, for I am a sinful man. Simon not only heard the voice of Jesus because Simon was obedient in putting the net out in faith, even when he thought it was faith hopeless to put his nets out again, 
He not only heard the voice of Jesus, he was obedient to the voice, stepped out in faith, and experienced an astonishing miracle. The fish in the nets breaking under the weight. That's what the member of our church family I spoke about at the beginning is also experiencing. An astonishing miracle, which hopefully one day I'll share before the congregation, because he's heard the word of God and been obedient to it. Encounter matters. And perhaps we shouldn't be surprised about this. The Old Testament is full of what happens after encounters with God. We didn't read the Old Testament reading today, but, and I'll just read part of it now. It's from Isaiah chapter 6. And it tells us that when we encounter God and obey him and are full of love for him, everything changes. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs were in attendance above him. Each had six wings. With two they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The pivots and the threshold shook at the voices of those who called. And the house filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, I am lost. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphs flew to me, holding a live coal that had been taken from the altar with a pair of tongues. The seraph touched my mouth with it and said, Now that this has touched your lips, your guilt has departed and your sin is blotted out. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Encounter matters. Isaiah's eyes were open to the awesomeness, the holiness, the presence and power. Just the sight of those seraphs wouldn't be enough to freak most of us out. But he saw God. He beheld God on the throne. It was a terrifying, yet glorious moment because he was so conscious of his unrighteousness of not being worthy of his sinfulness that he was convinced he was going to perish I was trying to think of an analogy for this maybe it's when you as a child were caught out in something you'd done wrong and you felt so small you wanted the earth to swallow you up I don't know that's not that doesn't really sum it up but there, you can just imagine something so glorious that he felt unworthy, dirty. And I think even the very holiness from God that emanated would probably have been painful to experience. He was convinced he was going to perish. Yet God is gracious. He who chose to encounter Isaiah also gave him a live coal of mercy that meant Isaiah's sin and guilt were blotted out and he could remain in God's presence. What does that prefigure? What Jesus did on the cross for you and me. He died that we might be made holy in the presence of God through his death and resurrection. But something else is prefigured by Isaiah's vision. 
Was his encounter just to make Isaiah look good? Just to puff him up as a good chap? No, there was another aspect of the God-given encounter that Isaiah experienced. After the live coal of mercy has touched his lips and taken away his sin, the Lord asks, whom shall I send and who will go for me? And Isaiah says, here am I, send me. Isaiah was actually being commissioned through the divine encounter to speak God's message to God's people. Now we know, sadly, if you read on Isaiah 6, that God decrees the prophet's ministry will have a hardening effect on his hearers, that they will hear but not understand, that they will see but not perceive, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And of course, Jesus in his ministry quotes this a couple of times, Matthew 13, John 12, talking about those who refuse to accept his message and that he is the Messiah. He said it was for this that Isaiah spoke, for your hardness of heart, that they will see but not perceive, hear but not understand. What I'd like you to focus on, though, is that for Isaiah and Simon Peter alike, encounter matters. Matters in the sense that encountering God meant entering God's service. For Isaiah, it was to take a message to the recalcitrant people of Israel. For Simon Peter, it was to follow Jesus and to take his message wherever his master commanded him. And that, saints, is true for us today as well. Encounter matters. Matters in the sense that if you really love God and are listening to him, your life will not be the same again. When Jesus spoke to Paul... Paul obeyed and experienced a miracle when Ananias restored sight to his blind eyes. When Jesus spoke to Simon Peter, Simon Peter obeyed and experienced a miracle, the miraculous haul of fish. And I know and would guess quite a few of you have heard the Lord in the past and experienced a miracle of healing or of his provision, of restoration, of whatever sign you knew to be miraculous at the time. The issue is, the question is, do we want more? Are you just satisfied to live off the glorious encounter of the distant past? Or are you desirous of a fresh, daily, life-changing encounter with God? He encounters us so that we not only know him and love him, but are, being, are willing to be used by him for the purposes of his kingdom. The Great Commission at the end of Matthew's gospel is for all of us. All authority of the universe has been given to me. As my Father has sent me, so I send you. Now wherever you go, Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age. That's you, and you, and you, and you, all of us. He's saying... Encounter me 
so that you can go and encounter others with what I have given you. And let me finish with the words of Jesus from John 14. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, would do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I go to be with my Father. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask me in my name. And that is how the Son will show what the Father is really like and bring glory to him. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Well, we're going to do that now. I'm going to ask the worship group to come forward. And as maybe they play Waymaker, whichever they feel more welcome, Waymaker probably. We're going to pray for the Lord to open ears, to open eyes, to open hearts afresh, or for the first time. Do you yearn to hear God clearly? He's speaking to you. We want to help you. So we're going to pray for divine encounters. Let me pray as we, we, we listen to the music. Maybe, why don't you stand and open, hold out your hands in front of you? Because we, I'd just like to bless you guys today, every single one of us. Let's stand and hold our hands outstretched to receive. Because he's a God of grace, a God of goodness. And he wants to release heaven's bounty for you. So, Father, Waymaker, let's, let's start the song, Waymaker, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you that you love each individual here today. You love every member of the body of Christ and those who have yet to become members of the body of Christ. You love each person, Lord. And so I ask in the name of Jesus, you would open up ears and eyes and hearts. Father, we declare a fresh anointing of your spirit. Divine encounters through dreams, visions, that they would hear you clearly and come and give testimony to your goodness. And Father, as they hear you, may they test what they hear by the word of God, the Bible, that it would be in accordance with the Bible because you are faithful And you are true to your promises. Release now, Lord. Release the power of God afresh. I declare hearing. I declare vision. I declare sight. I declare hearts open to hear the word of God in your hearts. Do it, Lord, for your name's sake. Just pray out now. Just ask him for what to hear him. If you've never heard him, ask Lord, I want to hear you. If you want to see him, see the into see the angels, see into heaven. Ask him to see into heaven. If you want to feel his presence, ask him to feel his presence. Because as this son says, even when you don't see him, he's working. Even when you don't feel him, he's working. But you want to see it. You want to hear him. You want to feel it. So ask him. Ask him. Father, I just declare that all who ask will receive. That all who want to hear you will receive, will see, will know that you are God. And Father, I pray for obedient hearts. That whatever you ask us to do, we will do. 
Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I call down the rain of heaven, the rain of heaven. Call down, he says, the rain of heaven, the rain of heaven. I call down upon God's people. He says, remind them I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't listen to the world. He is the way, the truth, and life. There are no many roads to God. There is only one. It is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he says, tell you that his love is bottomless. There's no end. There's no end to, to the well of, of his goodness. There's no end to the well of his love for you. When I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop working. Lord, let your people hear you. Let they see you at work. Let they experience the fullness of your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, drop pictures, 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 words, Bible verses. 